I, I, the, the truth is, I was very misupic what to speak about. There's so much to talk about this week. I think I've been poor in the beginning of the week. We shouldn't forget that. It's Shloshim Yom Kaidim Akad. It's already the beginning of the Tkufa of Akhana for Pesan. It's Pashas Kisisa. Anybody who spent time in our base Medrash this week realizes that there's something called Sarfzman. Um, so many things to talk about. So, what I thought maybe we should do is talk about all of the above. Try to give each other a lot of chizuk <coughs> and uh, utilize the time well, to be able to utilize the time well. We'll begin with the ha'ara that a number of the mafarshim bring up. <coughs> In the Parshish Kisisa, there are two uh, the very long aliyahs at the beginning. The second aliyah deals with the Cheta Ego. <coughs> Moshe Rabbeinu was on the top of Har Sinai. Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Shamayim in order to get uh, the Luchas Rishainas. Klai Yisrael is waiting for him. He doesn't come down at the time that they thought he was supposed to come. And they make an eagle. We all know the story. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu exactly what's going on <clears throat> down at the bottom of the mountain. Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Vayedaber Hashem Moshe, Lech, Reid, go down, Kishiches Amcha, Asher HaLesam Eretz Mitzrayim. Your people that you took out of Eretz Mitzrayim have corrupted themselves. Saru Maher Min with such haste, they... they Straight from the path, Asher Tzivisim. They made an eagle, Masecha, they made an eagle. Vahishtachavullah, they're bound down to it. There's mass Avodah Zarah going on. Leich Reid, Rav Shem says, Reid Mikdulas, Rav Shem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, the place is a complete disaster, it's a mess, go down. Rav Shem then says, not even interested in Klai Yisrael anymore, I'll make everything out of you. We all know that whole negotiation. <coughs> Moshe Rabbeinu goes down. The Ban tells him to go. He davens. He comes down. When he comes down to the machne, he sees the eagle. He sees the people dancing around. Moshe Rabbeinu gets so angry. Moshe Rabbeinu takes the luchas that were made by the Rabban Shalom himself and he throws them down. And he breaks them at the bottom of the mountain. The Mepharshim here are struggling with the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu was told everything. Moshe told him exactly what's going on. He told him about the, about the Avodah Zarah. He told him about the Ego. 
Moshe comes down, he sees it, he gets angry, and he smashes the luchas. So why didn't he leave the luchas up in Shemayim? Why didn't he smash them there? What changed when he saw it? I saw in the Sefer Darash Moshe from Ramosha Feinstein, he says, even on Moshe Rabbeinu's level, seeing is different than here. It's, it's hard to tell. Moshe tells somebody something, that's a reality. Moshe tells Moshe Rabbeinu something, it's a reality. But maybe, the <laughs> Lamaisa, when he saw it, he couldn't anymore. But there's another beer, another beer that a lot of the Mufarshim bring. I'm sure everybody has learned it at some point, which I'd like to give over, but I'd like to give it over with a Hakdam. <clears throat> we had an incredible Purim. Everybody that was Zarka to be here in Yeshiva, um, to be over the course of the day, the people by Rabbein, people here in the Yeshiva, the Shabbos that was here before, was such an uplifting Shabbos, such an invigorating Shabbos. Purim was amazing. Personally, I don't remember the last time I had such a beautiful Purim. Eitan was top form. Everything that needed, everything that needed to be, um, you know, that needed to be was a tremendous amount of simcha. Why are we so happy? Because we almost lost our collective Jewish lives, right? Haman came, bikesh lahashmid laharoik laabed eskala yehudim minarvad zaken. Haman came to destroy. He came to annihilate every yid. There wasn't going to be a single Jew that was alive. But yomechan on one day. Banshon gave us a hot salary, Banshon kept us alive. So it's a cause for celebration. What did we do so bad that warranted that there should be a complete annihilation of Klai Yisrael? In other words, it, it, this was a gzera, it was a gzera that Chazal tell us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself was masking to the gzera. was nechtam betabas amelach. What did we do so bad that we, you know, that this should have happened and Baruch got a miraculous uh, salvation? What happened? Kumar says, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai's Talmidim asked him that very question. Tanayim, Talmidim of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai. Why did Klai Yisrael deserve annihilation? And what were they told? So, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai said to them, No, you tell me the Terence. It's a good rabbi, good rabbi says to his Talmidim, No, say. So they said, They were nana from the Suda of Achashverosh. Then they had a technical issue with that, he came up with a different shot. Let me ask you something. They shouldn't have gone. They shouldn't have been nana. That's a reason to annihilate Klal Yisrael? Because they were nana, because they derived pleasure from the Suda of Achashverosh? What kind of an answer is that? And the Gemara just falls off from it, because that should have only been the people in Shushan, not the others. It's, it's a technicality. Is that a reason for Klal Is that a reason for complete annihilation? You have the question? That's question number one. The Astrafza gives a teretz, and he say from Meir Einech Chachamim, an incredible teretz. It's a teretz that we have to chazer and we have to live with. But he asks a second question. And this is, uh, I'll ask you a second question, and I'll, I'll give you his mahal. Again, the question that we're asking is, Klaus, are we celebrating Purim because we were all going to be wiped out in one day? Why were we going to be wiped out? Because we were nana from Sudasa Shalaisa Rasha. Why is that a reason to be wiped out? In Parshas Kisavai, the Torah tells us 98 terrible things that could happen to Yidin when we don't behave. 98 klalas, tzadik ches klalas. That when we heard those terrible things, our faces turned green. That's what it says in Rashi. Couldn't deal with it. The Pasuk says, why do these terrible things happen? Tachas, asher, lo'yavadatas, Hashem alokecha, v'simcha v'tuv leva. All these things happen, tachas over there means because... You didn't serve Hashem with joy, with simcha and tov leva. Really? If a person, 
I don't want to look around the room. If a person's not serving Hashem with simcha and tov levav, tzadik ches klalas, that's frightening. It's a frightening statement. If a kid's not serving Hashem with simcha, why is that a reason for such terrible things? There's good terut some terakasha. But I want to tell you over the way the Meir Enech HaChamim explains it. It's a tremendous, tremendous yisar. He says, we're not reading that Pasuk right. The Pasuk says, the reason that these calamities will happen is, if you don't listen to what Hashem told you to do, and when you don't listen, you're happy about it. It's with simcha that you're not serving Hashem. You're living it up, you're enjoying what you're doing. You know, sometimes he doesn't need sign, a person gives in, but he feels terrible that he gave in. That's part of our struggle. It's a daily struggle. It's something that we all, all of us have alias, we have yuridas, we have ins, we have outs. But when a person enjoys his not listening to Hashem, it is so difficult for a person then to come, a person to change. It's almost impossible. 98 klalos might be necessary in order to clap it out of a person's system and realize that you have to change. Nobody wants to stop doing the things that they enjoy. Nobody wants to stop doing the things that give them pleasure, that give them simcha. So the Astrafsa says, you know what the problem was? It wasn't that they went to the Suda of Achashverosh. The problem was that they were nanomi Suda Sachashverosh. The problem wasn't that they were there. They had to go. Could be they didn't have a choice. Yavar Ba'al Yaharik, what are you going to do? The, you know, the king invites you to this, this feast, you got to go. But what do you have to ask for doubles for? If they ask you, do you want fish or, 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 or you want, do you want veal or poultry? You don't have to think, hmm, I'd like my veal well done. You take whatever they give, okay, I'm forced to be, I've got to be, whatever they put in front of me, I'll do. But the problem over there was that they were nanu. They enjoyed it so much, they loved it so much, they, they had such pleasure. So Rancho says, what am I supposed to do with people like this? The only eight is, we've got to wipe them out and start, start fresh with someone else, maybe with Mordecai, maybe with something else. But... Because when somebody gets pleasure, nobody wants to stop doing the things that they enjoy. Nobody wants to stop doing the things that they love, the things that give them simcha. And this is something that a yid has to be so careful about. You have to be careful with everything. But what gives me pleasure? What gives me my excitement? What gives me that rush? Rabbeinu Yonah explains, the Pasuk says in Mishle, if you want to know a person, you want to know who a person is, Ish lefi mahalaloi, listen to his praise. That's the possible. Ish lefi mahalala. You want to know a person? So what does listen to his praise mean? Rabbi Niyana says, listen to what the person praises. Listen to what gets the person excited. When does he get animated? When does he get passionate? Ish lefi mahalala. What's on his screensaver? What's on, what's, which poster does he have on his wall? Who are the pictures on his wall? What's on his fridge? Ish lefi mahalala. Who is a person? You want to know what's important to a person, where a person's at? What are his values? What is he mahalal? What gets him excited? When a person gets excited about things, that defines the core of the person. The problem over there was that they were nanu misudas achashverosh. The problem by the 98 Klolos and Parshish Kisava is tachas Hashem It's bad enough you didn't serve Hashem, but besimcha, v'tuv leivav, that's how you're not serving Hashem. With some, that's already a frightening thing. So you could say the same thing over here. The one thing, the Rabban Shem told Moshe Rabbeinu exactly what was going on. He told him, Klai Yisrael made an eagle. Could I, could I borrow your watch, please? Thank you. Klai Yisrael made an eagle. Saru maher min aderech. 
They went quickly, you know, they strayed from the path. Uh, tells them what's happening. But the one, the one detail that the Rabbani Shalom left out, and this is Mephorosh, and the Sfarn over here in the Pasuk says it exactly. He saw the eagle, but you know what he saw around that eagle? Machalus, he saw the dancing, the circles of people dancing. Moshe Rabbeinu at that point, he lost. Vayicharaf Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu gets angry. Vayashlich miyada v'saluchas. He says, Avodah we have an Eitzah for Avodah They'll do tshuva. And then they'll be able to connect to the luchas. But if they're dancing around it, they're loving it, they're having fun with it, they're, it's, a, it's, a, it's a reason for celebration. Look at this, this Arna here says, when they saw that they were happy, when Moshe saw that they were happy, they were enjoying it, then, he got upset. And he despaired. He gave up. He says, how in the world are we supposed to fix this? They're enjoying it so much. How important it is for a person to be careful that when things happen, if a person's not, things are not working perfectly, a person feels he's got to do, do things or maybe is doing things that maybe are not so appropriate, a person's got to be so careful, but at least don't enjoy it. You don't have to lick the plate. Whatever necessary evils I'm going through. But culture can, a person should learn from this also, Letzada Toiv. Letzada Toiv means when a person is doing the right thing, we've got to figure out ways to make it enjoyable. We have to find ways to dance about that as well, to make it Gishmat. It's an Akhrais, that's what we hear in Yeshiva, it's an Akhrais of the Hanala, of Rebbein, to make things Gishmak, but it's an Akhrais of every Bacha towards himself, to make it Gishmak, to make it enjoyable, to make davening passionate, to make learn, if you love it, if you enjoy it, then you don't have to worry about it. A person, sometimes we fall in, sometimes, but if this is what's given me my excitement, it's going to be something I'm going to hold on to, it's going to be something I'm going to be attached to. I don't know if we've mentioned this before, there's a Gemara in Tainas. Gemara says on, on Chav Ches, there was a time it happened to have been the Yavanan, according to the Marsha. But there was a time that the Malchus made a gzera, that they weren't allowed to, they, they forbade them, the Yidden from bringing up wood for the Maharacha. They didn't allow them to bring wood to the base of Mikdash. And they figured out ways, they made ladders out of the wood and pretended they were going to do other things. There was a tkufa that they didn't allow them to bring fruit, to bring the Bikurim. These were two gzeras that they made. And they figured out a way, they camouflaged the baskets and they took the Bikurim. Why were the Yavanim at that point trying to make specific zero not to bring Bikurim or Atzei Maharachah? Why pump those two things? And the Maharachah explains because both of those two things were always done with fanfare and simcha. Bikurim, whenever the Bimbiriyeh Bikurim would walk through a town, people would close up their shops, they would stand up, they would play instruments in front of them. It was done, it was done with jubilation, it was exciting, it was fun. They knew that if you not do things that are fun, they're not going to want to stop doing it. And the Yavanim were trying to get them to stop practicing Yiddishkeit. Different families would bring the wood for the Maracha. The Maracha was the wood, the fire on top of the Mizbech. Different families would, for that family was a Yantif. They would wear big day Shabbos. It was fun, it was exciting. The kids didn't go to school. They brought it, they came, they made big sudas, lavish meals for it. When you do mitzvahs with Simcha, you're not going to want to stop doing it. The Yavanim understood it, and therefore they tried to get them to stop doing it. How important, how crucial it is for Yiddishkeit, for mitzvahs, for learning, to figure out ways, and if I'm not enjoying it, if I'm not getting a geschmack out of it, then that's a major issue. Specifically, if other things are giving me my fix and my geschmack. So this is the pshat that we want to say over here in the process. What does that have to do with this time of the year? 
and then we'll get to Saif uh, Zman. Okay? Let's talk about this time of the year. A little bit about Derech Avayda. We spoke on Friday night, those who were here, it was a very, very beautiful Shabbos, a very special Shabbos. We spoke about that Amalek, when he came to fight Kal Yisrael, he came at a time that we were losing our fire. He came when, when we loosened our grip, our grasp, Rafa Yudayim. We weren't so into it. Amalek came Ashakarcha. Amalek's mida is to cool us off. That other people are no longer that inspired. We're no longer that inspired. Amalek is chill. Amalek is cool. Amalek is indifferent. Amalek doesn't get worked up. He doesn't get overly passionate about stuff. And he creates that venomous um, atmosphere of indifference. That's what Amalek does, Ashakarcha. We spoke about that. Purim is the yantif of Mechias Amalek. Purim is the yantif that we actually killed Amalekim. We were zeichet to kill our Amalek. We were zeichet to kill Haman, many other Amalekim. The Bnei Yisrael tells us that if we pay attention to it, there are actually three mitzvahs that we have out of Tariyad, three mitzvahs that <coughs> pertain to Amalek. One is not forgetting that which Amalek did, There's another mitzvah that's in our hearts, in our minds, there's another mitzvah which is zachar, to say. There's a mitzvah to talk about what Amalek did. And then there's a third mitzvah called Mechias Amalek. One mitzvah is in our minds. One mitzvah is in our, with our speech, with our dibur. And the other mitzvah is in, our, in the Lamaisa, an actual mitzvah of Mechias Amalek. I'm not familiar with Amalekim personally. I have a couple of good suggestions, but I'm not 100% sure that these people are them. I don't know. But all the svarim that talk about these things tell us that there's the Amalek within, there's that coldness, that queerness, that indifference, that just like not being moved by anything, which is a shirish of Amalek that many of us have and are surrounded by it. And there's a mitzvah to eradicate that, to know that it exists in our minds, to talk about it with our mouths, and then to eradicate it papayal. So the Bnei Yisrael tells us the following. He says... <clears throat> the days between Purim and Pesach. What is the Yantaf of Pesach? Pesach is Cheiros, Man Cheirosenu. What am I free from? Well, I'm free from the shackles that imprison me. I'm free from the paros in my life. I'm free from the Mitzrayim with all of the Arabas Arats and everything in my life. I burn the chametz, which represents the Yitzhahara right before Pesach. There's no chametz in my house. I'm free from the Yitzhahara. I'm free from the Amalekim. I'm free from the evil that bothers So when am I supposed to take care of it? You can't just decide I'm free. He says the tkufa between Purim and Pesach, beginning with Purim and ending with the minutes before Pesach, is that tkufa that I'm eradicating that coldness, that kriros, that indifference of Amalek from my mind, from my heart, and from my actions. He does it with a gematria. This one you're going to love if you love gematrias. If you don't, you have to be misspelled from this one. There are 30 days starting with Purim, between Purim and Pesach. There are 24 hours a day. 30 days, 24 hours, is 720 hours. Is, is, is the 720 hours. The 720 hours, 720 is three times gematria amalek, amalek is 240. A person has to spend the time between Purim and Pesach eradicating amalek, the three amaleks. The amalek from my thought, the amalek from the indifference, the queerness, from my thought, from the way I talk, and from the way I behave. That by the time I come to Erev Pesach, by the time... I'm ready, ready to go to shul on Erev Pesach. I've done it. I've gotten rid of it. I've expelled that. That's not the kind of person I am. 
How do I do that? One of the ways to do it is to work on excitement, work on getting hanar from these things. Yes, there's a klipa of kriyas, there's forces of coldness that I'm bombarded by. And one of the reasons that I'm so cold to things sometimes is because I'm experiencing the excitement elsewhere. And a person has to look, what are the different sudas of Akash in my life right now that I'm getting hanar from? What is the loya vadata that I'm doing besimcha that's not allowing me to really feel that simcha and to taste? A person has things on his taste buds. A person eats spicy food. He can't taste things that are subtly sweet. What are the things that are, where, what are the areas that are giving me that rush and energy and excitement that are not, not allowing me to get that energy from the other areas? This is our avayda during this tkufa. So tkufa specifically, it's so sad, right after Purim, many yeshivas, it's a tkufa when things slow down a little bit. Shachris becomes emptier. Seder becomes a little emptier. It's the end of this month. It's only a few weeks anyway. People are coming back from Eretz Yisrael. All my friends. Things become lax. Things become... And this is the tkufa of the year that we're supposed to be expelling that Amalek and getting energy and excitement and passion and, and more of a flavor, more of a gishmak. It's so important for everybody to try to figure out ways whether it's finding a piece of Pesukah de Zimra, taking one Halalukah and really... I'm, I'm going to sing that Halalukah. It's going to be something that's really going to work. It's going to be something I'm going to put my all into. If it's, a, if it, if it's a, another area of tefillah, if it's Aleinu, if it's the Sher Shalyan, any part that a person finds something, finds some kernel to really try to work on that, on flaming that up. So that, and then the flame will eventually spread. Learning. Rashida spoke about it on Purim, about Chazara. Not everything has to be a yeshiva-wide project. But that's a great way at the end of Azman. Let me try to do Chazara, two weeks of Chazara. Try to find one area of my learning and really Chazara that. Let me come up with some good Devray Torahs. So work on Hilchas Pesach. That's uh, what we're supposed to do. It's, uh, it's uh, Medina de Gemara, right? Probably, and it's based on Psukim. We're supposed to be Isaac and Hilchas Pesach at this point. That could help reinvigorate and, and to regenerate the Zman should end in a crescendo, not just fade out. When something just fades out, so much could get lost. We end with a crescendo, we end with strongness. You go into Ben Azmanim strong, we come back strong. We have two full weeks, next week and the week after. I, I can't give the specifics, everybody has their own specifics. But this is the Tkufa. Let's remember the problem, the power of doing things with passion. Look at what happened. Moshe Avena broke the Luchas when he saw their passion. Look at what happened when they were Nan and Misuda Sachashverosh and therefore lost their Hanam, maybe in other places that there was nothing to do. There was nothing more to do other than Xeris Kalaya, unless that itself would inspire them to change, which is what it did, and that's the intense symbol of, of, of uh, Purim. Try to put that into practice in Mitzvah Shem. Think of ways to do it. Think of different eights of how to do it, um, and then put it into practice, certainly over the next two weeks. This way, two things. We'll come into Pesach, whether you wear a kittle or you don't wear a kittle, whatever you do by Pesach, but at least when you're burning your comments, person will actually mean what it says in the Yerats and afterwards, Rebansham, I hope that together with this comments, I'm burning my Yetzirah as well. Which Yetzirah specifically? The Yetzirah of coldness. The Yetzirah of indifference. The Yetzirah that makes light of anything serious. That type of Yetzirah, Rebansham, this is what I want. Bnei Yisavskar ends off in beautiful gematria. The word Yishtabach is also 720. By us using this time wisely, we should all be zaycha that Yishtabach Shemcha La'ad Malkeinu. We, through our own Anhaga, will be bringing such a beautiful Shavach to the Rabbana Shalalam. <clears throat> the way we behave, the way we get excited about the things that matter to him, and hopefully will matter to us.